my own daughter around social media. Uh, it's been a while, it's been ages and years. And I thank God she's here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When the man of God was doing the introduction, he said that he's a teacher. Amen. Hallelujah. And since he said he's a teacher, then I'm going to teach. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to say much, but I know that the little that I will give is more than a little. Amen. Amen. And you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Hallelujah. Praise God. I also want to acknowledge my wife. She's not here. She, she's not here, but I acknowledge her so much. You know, anytime that we go to church together, or morning glory or wherever, I, I am teaching. I'm very careful. Because you say something and she'll be like, you are supposed to say it this week. You are supposed to say it that way. You shouldn't have used that word. Was like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And the first time I met Lady Albi, I said, Hey, hallelujah. But it's, it's, it's good, it's good when you are being challenged when it comes to life. You know, many of us are afraid of challenges, but you know what will make you grow. It's when you are challenged. Hallelujah. So anytime you are about to take a step or to do something, then you are thinking, hey, am I doing it the right way? Am I going to say something? Then that is how we become better. Hallelujah. So if you are a Christian and maybe you go through challenges in life, understand that that is the way God is using to make us better, make us perfect. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know some of us, we run away from challenges. We run away from troubles. But that is God's system of making us better. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That is not part of my message. I've just, that was just by the way. Amen. But it's grace conference. And it's grace for grace. Amen. Grace for grace. Of his fullness have you all received grace for grace. Amen. So, we want to talk about, we are just going to do some studies. And we will, as my mentor will say, let's do some studies and after that we do practicals. Hallelujah. So that whatever thing that we see, we, 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 we bring it into an experience. Amen. So that it will not just be words, but we will see. As Paul said, that I came to you not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with the demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it is very important we, we make people established in the, in the power of God. That is who we are, and that is what we do. Amen. Hallelujah. So I just want us to read something in Psalm 87, verse 11. I love that scripture so much. I love that scripture so much. Psalm 87, verse 11. 
In fact, if you don't like teaching, you will not love me. Psalm 84, sorry, the verse 11. Psalm 84, the verse 11. The Bible says that for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will be withhold. Will he withhold from them that walk uprightly? The Lord will give what? Grace and glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we need to understand for us to count into whatever thing that God is giving, he has to give grace, he has to give glory. Amen. And pastor said something last week at our place that grace is glory conceived and glory is grace revealed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when we say grace, it is a manifestation that has been conceived. So grace is something like a seed that is given. Amen. And glory is the, is, the, is the fruit that we see out of the growth of that seed that was planted or that was given. Amen. So glory is the, is the fruits that we see on, on, on the branches. Amen. So God gives grace and God gives glory. The Apostle Paul says something that he, he, he planted and Apollos watered. But it is God who brings what? The increase. Amen. Hallelujah. So, with this foundation, we can move on. We can understand what we ought to do, what we ought to become, what we ought to know in order to produce the glory. Amen. What is the essence of grace for grace? Amen. Hallelujah. So, in John, the verse 1, John chapter 1, the verse 14, he says that, and the word in the beginning, from the verse 1, he said that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Hallelujah. In him, in the word, was life, and this life was the light of men. Amen. So we know that in the word there is life. And in this life is light. Amen. Most of the times when we speak of light, many people think that we are just looking at something like this. Something that is shining. But it goes beyond that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why is it that of late on Instagram or TikTok or some of these social media platforms, we see people doing the same thing. And what we see them doing is dancing. Hallelujah. So dancing has become the norm. It has become something that is being done all the time. And we see it to be common among a, a, a group of people or a category of people, the youths. And even if you are going to talk about the kinds or the types of dances that are being done there, then you know the kind of people who are also into those things. Hallelujah. So, the dancing that we see being done and people dancing and posting on TikTok, that art is what we call what, or we can term it as light. Amen. So, when we speak of light, light is something that we see someone doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, one of the days that 
when the, we were in that hip hop season, where Birdman and Lil Wayne and all these guys were there, 50 Cent and these people, with their big, big J's and all that. Later, we saw some people also even maybe giving names. I'm Birdman, I'm 50 Cent, I am uh, the game, I am this, I am that, I am that. Why? Because they saw them doing certain things. People even started dressing like them. So they were the light, their acts were light. So the Bible is also revealing something to us here that in him was life. In the word was life. And this life was the light of men. It means when you look at the pattern or the ways of this word, it should become something that people should emulate. So Jesus is this word who became flesh. And if he became flesh, whatever thing that he did, how he lived his life, the word that he spoke, are light unto us. That is the meaning of, and in him was life, and this light that he lived was a light. So whatever thing that I am doing right now is my life. When someone takes it and begins to do same, that my life has become light. I don't know if you understand. That is why the Bible says that in thy light we shall also what? See what? Light. In his actions, in his manifestations, we also what? See the way of life. So in him was life. And this life was the light of men. So this word became flesh. In the verse 14 of John chapter 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. Amen. Hallelujah. I know that you know all these things because you have been reading your Bible. Or if you don't read your Bible, it's another thing altogether. You know, if you don't like Bible reading, you don't like me. And you don't like my ministry and my ministration. Amen. Because that is who I am. It's about word. All things were made. Your healing will be by the word. Your prosperity will be by the word. Your whatever will be by the word. All things were made by him. I remember a question that someone asked me. If all things were made by the word, does it mean that sicknesses, poverty, uh, accidents, misery, evil, and all these things, they all came out of God? Hallelujah. And I was telling the person that, you know, this question is a philosophical question. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the reason why we have atheists is because of this question. Because if God is God, why is there evil? If God is God and he's a loving God, why does he allow people to suffer? I know some you've also asked the same question before. I'm a Christian and I'm suffering. I'm a Christian and I'm going through these afflictions. I'm a Christian and I'm going through that. I'm going through that. I'm going through that. You have not come to the understanding of the ways of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pain is part of the process. Amen. Accidents are part of the process. And the fact that you are going through pain, the fact that you are barren in an aspect of your life, the fact that you don't have something cannot or doesn't mean the grace of God is limited in your life. Amen. So you say that, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. 
And you know, the very version of Jesus or the very description of Jesus that I love so much in the Bible is not what we read in the Gospels. I love what we read in, from Isaiah chapter 51, 52, 53. That is, the, that is the best part or the best description about Jesus that I love. And there's one side the Bible says that there was no beauty in him that man would even like him. Amen. So the very Jesus that people see him to be very beautiful, so handsome that they admire that they put on the wall. Your very Bible says that when you look at him, there was no beauty to even desire him. So what you need to understand is that the ways of God are not beautiful. The way grace works is not according to man's pattern. So if you are going to walk in grace, if you are going to understand the ways of God's graces, the way God works on to produce glory, I'm telling you, it is not beautiful. Hallelujah. Praise, God. Praise the Lord. He said that when you look at him, when you behold him in Isaiah chapter 53, he said there is no beauty, no comeliness in him for you to even desire him. Some of you, if Jesus was to be in our age, Hallelujah. That is why it is wrong for everyone to like you. Hallelujah. Let's read Isaiah chapter 3. You know, back on campus, I've started teaching my people the Bible, the scriptures. And it's so beautiful. We read a whole lot from the Bible, but not everything in the Bible is the word of God. The scriptures or the Bible or the word of God reveals something to us. And it is out of this revelation we will understand the grace of God. Until then, forget it. Amen. The Bible says that from the verse 2 or from verse 1, Isaiah 53, who have believed our reports? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire. This was the prophecy the prophet Isaiah gave concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus. He said that, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, in his days, when he came, the wise men of his time didn't like him. In this our age, if the church is being hated, it's a sign that those people who hate the church, they are the wise men of our days. But the question that you should ask yourself is, what are the fruits? These wise men, what are their fruits? So in his days where the Pharisees, in his days where the Sadducees, in his days where also the publicans and the sinners. And among this group of people in his days, who were the people who drew closer to him? It was those who were considered to be foolish. 
Hallelujah. But the Bible says, Arise, shine. Amen. Arise, shine. In Isaiah chapter 60. Oh, that is not in the Bible. He said that, Arise, shine. You know, we have been reading it wrongly. Some of us, we think that it is arise and shine. No. There is no conjunction. In your what? Rising, you shine. When you say arise and shine, then it means that you need to get to a point before you can shine. But the Bible is saying that arise, shine. So in your rising, you are shining. So it does not matter how the heights that you get to in your rising, you will still shine. That is why in ministry, it's not about the number of people that you have. If it is two people that you have, you will shine. If you are getting three, you are shining. When you are getting five, you are shining. When you don't have an auditorium and you are seated under a tent, you are shining. When you get that big auditorium with thousands of congregations with the light and the, and the sound and all, the air conditioning and all, everything, you are still shining. But I love what he said that the light of the righteous or the path of the righteous is like a shining light. So every step that you take is a light which shines brighter and brighter onto a perfect day. Amen. Hallelujah. So he said that there is no beauty. He has no form or comeliness when we shall see him. And there is no beauty that we should desire him. We are talking about grace. Amen. So he is despised and rejected of all men. I just want to show you the ugliness of God's grace. People will reject you. For us to see, for us to know that it is grace, you must be rejected. For us to know that this is the doing of God, you must be despised. Men will reject you, men will not like you. That is where you get to know that indeed it is the grace of God at work. You may not have the form. Maybe there are some ladies, they, 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 they think that because they don't have the form, it looks like every man is going for that form, so, and we don't have it. So they, they are thinking at the back of their mind, will I also get a man who would like me? I'm telling you, it's not about those things. I love what someone said. He said that some of the ladies in our days, they are developing some part of their bodies without developing their mind and their brain. So, indeed, we have people who are well endowed physically, but their mind is shallow. And you can also have someone who is not well endowed physically, bodily, but their mind is endowed. And you ask yourself, how? I'm not saying that those who are endowed are. <laughs> physically are not wise or they don't have anything within. That is not what I'm saying. But I'm just trying to make a point here. Because when it becomes grace, then it is not of works. 
if we say grace, then it will not be the workings of man. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever thing that you can use your strength to do is not grace. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when, uh, one man of God said that this is my auditorium. I use less than eight months to build it. And when I got to that place and I saw the auditorium, I said that this is grace. It is not works. It's grace. I know some of you will know him. So you see, it's not how eloquent. Amen. Even you, you, you would become or you would be in preaching. That will make you what? A good minister. It is what you carry within you. It is what is in you, your assignment, the purpose of God to be revealed. That is what makes you who you are. Amen. So he was rejected. He was a man of sorrows. Jesus, none of me in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. This was the very man who came into this life. He was the word, but he became flesh. That word, prosperity, you will prosper, is a word. But when prosperity begins to manifest in your life, it will become ugly. Maybe someone didn't get it. What did I make another say? When the Lord begins to take you through his process of prosperity, that word prosperity, P-R-O-S-P-E-R-I-T-Y, that word prosperity, you will prosper. When God decides to make that prosperity flesh in your life, You will come to a place where you will even have suicidal thoughts. You will decide to end it all because it looks like everyone has rejected you. It looks like nothing is working, but that is God's way of making you a prosperous person. I don't know. You are clapping, but I don't know if you understand it. I don't know if you understand what what I'm what. Let me let me use this example. I work in the medical school. I have witnessed their matriculation and I have witnessed graduation. And I also know the process. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Matriculation, where you are accepted, wow, you're going to be a medical student. We give you all the things that you need and all that. It's so beautiful. But the moment you step, you know, level 100, even level 100 as a medical student, we are not considered as a medical student. Because we are going to do all the general courses in the university. Com skills, African studies, uh, information, literature, whatever, and all that. We are going to do all those courses. It is when you come to level 200 that you start proper medical uh, curriculum. Amen. 
Like that process is not easy. And at that point, some wish they are not medical students. Because of what? The process, the thing that you go through. So we hand over your admission letter to you. You have been offered uh, to read uh, uh, whatever, whatever. Bachelor of Medicine, Bachelor of Surgery, whatever it's for six years in the University of Cape Coast, and blah, blah, blah. And with this, you'll be affiliated to this whole They give you their words that you are reading. But the process to become the medical doctor, where one day you are, being, you are going through the graduation, where you are singing the songs of UCC and all that, that period, that stage, within, is not beautiful. Some don't see. Some will fail. They will write receipts. And all that. By the day they are done with everything and they are graduating, it will be as if they never went through that process. That is what I mean. If God is going to take you from grace to glory, then the process is not beautiful. You will be rejected. You will be despised. You will be hated. You will even lose parents. Because parents will tell you, because of this decision that you've made, we are not going to take care of you again. I'm not going to pay your school fees. I'm not going to give you money to sponsor that your adventure of being a minister, being a pastor. But this is how God makes man. Hallelujah. The Bible says that before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. We talk of conception. We know what conception is. What is conception? Kennedy. <laughs> Why? Is he a gynecologist? He knows all things. Hallelujah. You know, when we say conception, when a woman takes seed, we say what? She has conceived. So in Genesis chapter 4, and Adam knew his wife and she conceived. That is conception. To become pregnant. But you know, when we speak of conception, it comes from a word, concept. Amen. Concept. A concept. So what you need to understand is that you as a fetus in your mother's womb, you are God's concept. And when you say a concept, it's an idea. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You are an idea. So he said that before I formed you in your mother's womb, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, before I, 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 I place you as my idea, as my thoughts in your mother's womb, I knew you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is the reason why anytime you buy something from source, you are given a manual. Unless you buy it from the Goro Boys and Adu Malcolm area. You go there, you buy your, that, your phone and all that. You will not have a manual. Amen. 
and you know that it will come with issues. Yeah, when you buy from <laughs> you get it? You buy a nice phone. You check battery health and everything is hundred percent. You come home after one week and it drops to seventy-five. And it's like how? That is where the camera you get to know that hmm. They didn't come with a manual. And you see, any product that comes with a manual is in a box. Sealed. The Bible says that we are also sealed with the Holy Spirit. And when the seal is broken, and you begin to unravel or unwrap or open the box. That is where you get to know the manual. It is in the manual that you get to know the mind of the manufacturer. That is where he begins to tell you that this thing is for this purpose. This is how it is supposed to be used. Don't vote now. We are having phones that are water resistant. And it can give you all the specifications. It is IP, whatever, whatever, whatever version, whatever. It can go into, into the water like 50 meters and all that. He tells you, it means that if you try beyond the 50, the phone can get spoiled. So he said that before you were a clot of blood, I knew you. Why? Because you are my concept. You are my idea. Someone is still doubting. Let's read something in Galatians chapter 5, chapter 1, verse 14. Galatians 1, 14, verse 15. There is something there that I want to show you. Galatians chapter 1, verse 14. And I advanced in Judaism. And I advanced in Judaism. Beyond many of my contemporaries. Beyond my own many of my contemporaries. Can you read it, read it in the King James? Oh. Yes, I want the, the old King James. I want old King James. Some of us, we are old King James sons. Amen. And profited. I am profited. That was the word. I made profits in whatever career that I carved for myself. Jews religion. So he was a Pharisee. He said that he made profit in the Jewish religion. Above many of my equals. Above many of my equals. I was a first class student. I was a first class student. I was the best in my class. Among my contemporaries, I was the best. So you can be the best in this life. You can be the best in this life. You can be the best in, in education, you can be the best doctor, the best engineer, the best teacher, the best farmer. Continue. In my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous. I was more exceedingly zealous. Hardworking. Continue. Verse 15. Verse 15. But when it pleased that it pleased God. When it pleased God. Who separated me from my mother's womb? Who separated me from my mother's womb? And called me by his and grace. called me by his grace. Some of us we think that grace began from the day you said, Lord Jesus, 
I take you as my Lord and personal Savior. It is wrong. Grace begins from the womb. Your calling started from the womb. That is what we call a conception. So, you in the womb is God's grace. It's a grace even given to your parents. You know, that is the reason why the devil is so interested when it comes to that matter of sex, children, pregnancy. That is why he's, he's so much interested in that act. It's because grace begins from that act. It is out of that act God furnishes humanity, his creation with his thoughts, with his ideas. Every child is an idea. You are an idea. You are, you are God's idea. It's something that God has purposed to do. And you know, if you fail to get to know that idea, your part in God's purpose, you fail. And many people are failing and will fail because they didn't know their calling. What is a calling? A calling is not a microphone. So I have a call of God upon my life. It means I'm going to preach. That is not a calling. Amen. We have the purpose of God and we have the plan of God. What is the purpose? My purpose is to eat jollof rice. That is the purpose of going to the restaurant. So when I get to the restaurant, what I should see on the table or served is jollof with chicken. Do, do you get it? That is my purpose there. But the way to arrive at the jollof rice and the chicken is a plan which is only known to the chef, not even the waitress or the waiter. The waitress might not even know the recipe. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying If I've eaten KFC before, you realize that how they prepare their chicken is different from the way you prepare yours. It is only a secret to them. They are the only the people at the kitchen, the chef is the only one who knows the secret to that recipe. So if you want to prepare chicken just like KFC, then you will need a franchise where they will give to you. This is how we do it. Hallelujah. So in that franchise and the documentation that will come with it, you know that, okay, this is how. The quantity of flour that we add the eggs, the this, the that, the that. And at the end of the day, you'll be able to arrive at the same taste. So when you take KFC at Tamale, that is the same taste you are going to have when you go to Cape Coast. When it is the same by you, if you like, try your jollof here. The next time you cook jollof, you prepare, the taste will be different. It means you don't have a plan. Hallelujah. So right now, someone is sick. I lay my hands on that person. 
and the person is healed. And the next time I go to another place and I don't know what to do to heal someone who is sick there, it means I don't have the plan of healing. What happened earlier on was just a coincidence. Amen. So there is a plan and there is a purpose. So you should be able to know the plan to every purpose. So what we call the plan is what we have been saying, a calling. So when we say calling, I have the calling of God upon my life. It's not microphone. It, is not, it does not mean that I start preaching. It does not mean prayer. The calling is God's plan. Read the verse 15 again. But when it pleased God, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's who womb, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by his grace, and called me by his grace, continue the verse 16, to reveal his son in me. So the calling by his grace was to reveal his son in him. So the calling is the plan, and the plan is that I'm going to reveal my son in you. So when we speak of a calling, calling is the revelation of God's what? Idea. Because the son is God's idea. The son is God's concept. You will have frustrations in life when you fail to understand your calling as God's plan for your life. I know maybe someone is still doubting. Let's read Job chapter 3. This is not part of the syllabus, but we are just trying to unravel grace. Amen. Job chapter 3. Let's start from the verse 1. I might be saying certain things. Just listen to me, okay? Is it Job chapter 3? Yes. Let's go to the verse 1. Job chapter 3, verse 1. Yeah. After this, after this, opened Job his mouth. Okay. And cast his day. And cast his day. If you have a paper behind that, underline that. And cast his day. Okay. And we are going to know that day that he cast. Continue. And Job spake and said, Okay. Let the day perish wherein I was born. Let the day perish wherein I was born. You're speaking about his birthday. And the night in which it was said. And the night in which it was said. This is a man child conceived. This is a man child conceived. That was pregnancy. How did Job get to know that he was conceived in the night? Why does a woman wait until he misses the, pre the, 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 the period and now run the test and gets to know that oh, it looks like I am pregnant? But Job could determine the day. He was conceived. The day he was conceived, he knew it. He being the fetus in the womb knew the day he was conceived. But the mother, a mother will not know the day she got pregnant. We are going to talk about grace. <laughs> but the way I'm looking at you, I think I have to withdraw. Let's come back. We are speaking 
about grace for grace. And I said, I love it when he said that he is a teacher. So that I can teach grace. Amen. Amen. He says that let the day perish wherein I was born. And the night in which it was said there is a man child conceived. A man child. Do you know who a man child is? Do you know who a man child is? Let's continue. The verse 4. Let the day be darkness. Let the day be. No, so we know the, the days he's talking about. The day he was born and the day he was conceived. Let the day be darkness. Uh -huh. Let not God regard it from above. Let not God regard it from above. You know, the day your mother was pregnant with you, it was registered. The day you entered into the womb, it was registered. That is what we call conception. An idea has begun. A purpose has been birthed. A calling has begun. This is the reason why if your mother failed to let you know God's idea for your life, don't fail your children. Because Paul, he made profits. He excelled in the Jewish tradition because he was born into it. The mother didn't know his ordination. The father didn't know his calling. So they threw him into Judaism. He was making profit. He was excelling. He was a first class uh, Pharisee or whoever. But he said that when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me. So he understood that his calling was from the womb. The calling was not the day that he encountered the Lord Jesus and said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? No. That was not the beginning of his calling. The beginning of his calling was in the womb. But he didn't know until the Lord himself revealed himself to him. He missed the path. The same way you can also miss the path. And that is why you need grace. If you miss the grace at conception, God's purpose, and you miss the same grace when you were born, and now you are grown, you are 15, you are 20, you are 21, then you will need grace for that to be unraveled. The purpose of God in our lives is for I, I, I have grouped them into three it's for a revelation it's for a manifestation and it's also for what? glorification when I speak of a revelation it's to make something known last week pastor was talking to us about the revelation of God's grace so, grace revealed now becomes glory. 
The purpose of God is for revelation, it is for a manifestation, and it is for a glorification. So when you read Romans chapter 8, the Bible says something there. For whom he did follow, he predestined. And then that he predestinated, he called. And then that he called, he justified. And then that he justified, he glorified. So that the, the, the end of our calling is glorification. So when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. Who is the son? The Bible says the son is the express image of his person. Who is the son? The son is Christ. Who is the son? He is the brightness of his glory. come back. Let me withdraw. I know we are, we are at a place, but let me come down. Amen. Let me come down. Let me. One day you, you go back to it. Because I maybe some of you are not getting I'm not talking about your issues. So I can't. What is this man trying to teach us and say? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 20. Half, half halfway drawn halfway drawn some other time we talk about Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 the Bible says God God said, I know you love reading let's read and God said let the waters break forth abundantly Genesis 1 26 26 yeah. Genesis 1 26 yeah. and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness. And therefore, me. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Some people read it this way. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. It is wrong. The same we have been reading arise and shine. It is not arise and shine. It is arise, shine. In your rising, you are shining. Amen. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. When you go deep into the Hebrew rendition of the making there, let us make man. What the make there means let us spend man. Man is a spending commodity. I said I have I've withdrew from what the what I was talking about. So now we are we are we are we are taking another syllabus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He said, let us spend the man. You are a spending commodity. You are like a currency that God is using to transact. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When you check, someone will be saying that, uh, how did you come by that? It's there. When you check the Hebrew, it is what? Asa. And Asa has different meanings. To be industrious, 
to exercise, to govern, to observe, to be occupied. One of them is to, to be spent. So, it, you know, in the making of any that is not it. So, in the making of man, you are to govern. You are to do this. You are to do that. That is what makes you that man, that very man, God purpose. That is what makes you God's idea. So, he said to Jeremiah, before I formed thee, in the womb or in the belly I knew you I had plans for you I had thoughts concerning you then he gave the outline how he was going to spend him and how was God going to let's go back to Jeremiah chapter 1 we'll come back to the Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 Jeremiah 1 4 5 Jeremiah 1 4 Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, I ordain you a prophet unto the nations. So God, the way God was going to spend Jeremiah was to make him a prophet unto the nations. Do you get it? So his making was a prophet. So in that business of living as a prophet was God spending. Or this one to actually withdraw. Verses, read the verses, you get it. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. So you see, I cannot speak, for I am a child. What it means is that I'm going to spend you, you are my spending commodity. And Jeremiah is saying, I don't have any value. What makes a currency strong is the value placed on it. So here, Jeremiah was seeing himself as a child. What it means is that I don't have any value. If you are going to spend me, if you are going to make me a prophet unto the nations, I am a child. My value is small. I cannot, I cannot do uh, the negotiations very well. I will not be able to do much. I am a child. We are talking about grace. Hallelujah. Continue. Verse 7. But the Lord said, Say not unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I say I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. You get it? Say not, I am a child. Don't say I am a child. Don't say I don't have money. Don't say, I don't have a certificate. Don't say, I don't have an auditorium. Don't say, I don't have a car. Don't say, I don't have a womb. There are some people maybe by mistake, 
they meddled with their womb and maybe their wounds were removed. Don't say, I don't have a womb. Don't say, I don't have a job. Don't say, because men think it is in the numerous of these things that they are something or they are somebody. Jesus said, a man's word does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. Many people think that their value, they are valuable because of the thing that they, they possess from the outside. But Jesus said, no. Your worth, your value, it does not consist. That was what the Apostle Paul profited in. But that is not what is making you valuable for my purpose, for my assignment. What is going to make you valuable? What is going to make you transact? What will make you do what I want you to do is that for thou shalt go to all that I shall send you and whatsoever I command thee thou shalt speak. So what was going to make Jeremiah valuable in his assignment was what God has given to him to say. If he tried to say any other thing, he will remain a child. He will be a child. He will not be able to do what God has purposed him to do. So speak what I have commanded you to speak. This is what we call grace. The reason why it looks like many people don't have grace in what they do is because they are doing the wrong thing. They are doing the wrong thing. They are in the wrong business. You are reading the wrong program in school. You wanted to become a lawyer so that one day at least you get some money you are, you, you, are, you are the eldest child, so at least you have about four or five siblings down there. You, you need a good job so that you can take care of them. So your mom pushed you into that. Your father pushed you into that venture. But a day will come. The day of reckoning will come. That was what happened to Job. Then he started cursing the day. Why did I read this program even in the university. Many people are frustrated because now they have realized they have read the wrong programs. Some people, they needed a job and they had a job, but they are not happy. There is no joy because they see that I am in the wrong place. They are getting money, but they are in the wrong place. There is no grace. Anytime you begin to experience frustrations, Confusion, you are frustrated. It's like you don't know. It means that you are lacking grace. Because it is grace that will bring you into that fulfillment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But you know something? If you are spending commodity like money, you can also spend carelessly. You know you can spend carelessly. That is what the devil is doing. 
man is made to be spent. But you know, he, he has to rig the systems. And by rigging the systems, man is being spent carelessly. And that was the introduction of sin. So that, that, so that man can be spent carelessly. Like the world meeting in Yeska, because we're Yeska, you know, no, 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 or fat girls, no, to turn your mind, who here and those things. That is the same thing. Now you understand the life of certain people. They are being spent carelessly. Another spirit has taken over their lives and he's spending them. Anyhow. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God wants to use you for his glory. God wants to use you for his revelation. This morning, as I was meditating, the Lord said something to me. Everything that you see with your physical eyes is not a reality. And I was asking him why. And he said that everything, the trees that you see, they are a manifestation of you. The water bodies that you see, they are a manifestation of you. So the state of the thing that I have created is a revelation of what you have become. You didn't get it. You see how we have destroyed our water bodies. That is the state man has become. I'm not against guarantee. I'm not for guarantee. But you see, because of uh, greed and, and other things, how everyone is trying to get some of their gold. You see what is happening to us. What has happened to the waters? That is what man has become. So the thing is not something that is outward. It's already in. It's our state. You see how the trees, we are destroying the trees. We are cutting down the trees. That is how man is also dying. The Bible says that the, the, the tree, is, I think it's in Deuteronomy also, the trees, they determine the life of men. So I think I remember when we were in GHS, we had one life love. And they said that the day that the last tree will die, the last man will die. I remember that. Everything that God created physically, as we see the trees, the water body, the mountains, speaks of the state of men. So a day is going to come that there will be no sea in the new earth and the new heaven. Do you know why? The reason why God created the sea is to reveal his knowledge. He said that, that the knowledge of the glory, Habakkuk, I know you have read it before, Habakkuk chapter 3, the verse 14. If you don't see it, then, then go and read another verse. I don't know. And it is not the Amen. He said, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Can you find it? For, it's in Habakkuk. I know it's in Habakkuk. Let me read Habakkuk chapter 2. Chapter 2 verse 14. Yeah. He said that, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So when you see the abundance of water in the sea, it is to tell you, it is to remind you of the revelation of God's glory. 
That is why he said that the heavens declare the glory of God. And the earth is handiwork. God's creation reveals to us our state. The state of your community is your state. I remember one day when the Lord said something to me. The state of your room is the state of your heart. The state of your room is the state of your heart. So there be a fear. And as you grow, as you grow, and I begin to bring you into certain things, that is what you also what your heart also becomes. Everything that you see around you is your state. So the things that cause you to cry. You are crying because you don't have money. What it means is that you yourself, you are valueless. And nothing about Tennessee is not even country. So if it is only 10 cities that you have and it cannot do much, it means that in your state, in your current state, you can't do much. What adds value to your life is grace. And when I say that what adds value to your life being grace, what I mean is that it's the purpose of God. God's idea for your life. If you are not working in God's purpose, you are valueless. You don't have any value. You are not even in his image. I didn't go into the image and likeness. I didn't go into the image and the likeness. I didn't go into it. But when we say a man is made, he is a man in the image and likeness of God. The image is Christ. When Paul, who was Saul, was profiting in the Jewish tradition, he was making it, he was zealous. He was not in the image of God. to grace he was supposed to be in the image of God and who is the image of God? Christ so he said that to reveal his son I have come back to it to reveal his son in me so the revelation of the son of God in a man is what we call man made in the image Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. R Romans chapter 8. Let's read the verse 29. Romans 8, 29. Thank you, Lord. Romans 8, 29. For whom he did for whom, he also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of the Son. Amen. For whom he did follow, he also predestinates so that he will conform 
conform. Have you? Oh, Jesus. I don't know if someone is getting. When am I supposed to close? I'm a teacher. When I'm tired, I can teach the whole day. Your pastor is setting you up. <laughs> someone is saying, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I have something to do. Did you see the conform there? But you see, God only formed man out of the dust of the ground. But after he forming you out of the dust of the ground, you need to conform. The con there means weight. There should be a weight formation. And that weight formation is to be with the sun. That is the image. I don't know if you, you understood what I said. He only formed man out of the dust of the ground. After God formed man out of the dust of the ground, he didn't form man out of the dust of the ground again. He made a woman the place of dust for the formation of other men to come into this life. But after that formation, there should be a conformation Let me review the syllabus. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. What it also means is that man was there, but man was not in the image. Let us make man. For God to say that let us make man means that there was an entity called man, but this man was not in the image and likeness of God. Man was already dead, but man was not in the image of God. Thank you, Jesus. Man was already dead, but he was not in the image. Of God. To come into the image of God, you need to be conformed. There should be a conformation. So Paul was a man. He was formed. Yet because he failed to understand the grace of God, because you have failed to understand the grace of God, because you are not walking in the grace of God, you are not conforming to the image. It is when you conform to the image that you come into the likeness. And the likeness is what we call glorification. But that one, we are not going there. Maybe next time. So he said that for whom he did for whom, he predestinates that he will conform to the image of his son. And then that he did for whom, he what? He called. Now he is showing us the way to come into the glorification. Then he did follow. He called. He gave them the plan. And when he gave them the plan, he justified them for that purpose. And when he justified them for that purpose, what happened? He glorified.
So, and the word became flesh and ended. And dwelt among men. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. So the glory is grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And he being full of grace and truth was as a result of what? The glory that they saw. The content of glory is grace and truth. The reason why Christians fornicate, the reason why they sin, and they think that, oh, there is grace. The Bible says that, and where sin abounds, greater much more abounded. They can quote all those scriptures. The reason why they see themselves in these things is because they have not come to truth. So you can be a Christian walking in the grace of God, and without truth, you will never bear fruit. So he said that now grace and truth came by Jesus. And of his fullness, and of his fullness, have we all received and grace for grace. What is that grace? The grace of a new birth. A new what? Conception. It is in Christ. The Bible says, in him. We what? We live, we move, and have our being. It is in Him that we get to know God's purpose. It is in Him that we get to know God's idea. It is in Him that we get to know what God has conceived in the ages that He wants to reveal, that He wants to manifest, that He wants to glorify. It is only in Christ. So when you are in Christ, when you are born again, you have come into grace. God has called you into grace. You are now by grace working to what? Become what he has purposed. So of his fullness have we all received. What is his fullness? The glory. What we saw him become is the fullness. Jesus didn't only die. When he died, he resurrected. Resurrection is part of the glory. He ascended. Ascension is part of the glory. He is seated on the throne. is part of the glory. And out of these experiences that he became, we have also received what? Grace for grace. Grace is to take us through the experiences of the Son in order for us to be conformed to the image. And as we conform to the image, we enter into the places of what? Glorification. Where we are glorified. So the Lord will give grace and glory. But it's not just a statement that we we just joke or play around. It's a process. So that was the reason why I was taking you how Jesus was. A man who was rejected. A man who was despised. 
Grace will cause you to be rejected in this life. Grace will cause men to despise you. Grace will cause you through so many disappointments. Sometimes God will disappoint you. Will allow you to go through that disappointment. That you studied the whole night yet you will fail the exams. Just to make you understand that it is by my grace. So if you think that this program that you are reading in the university is so important that that is what is going to add value to you, then I am making you fail. For you to understand what will add value to your life is my grace. And if that your schooling is part of my calling, then my grace will be part of it to cause you to excel. And even if you are not getting the D's, it does not mean you have failed. If you are not getting the A's, it does not mean you have failed. I know why I am taking you through that path. It is also part of my grace. If you are a sudden and getting A's, it is part of my grace. Because at the end of the day, God can cause you to fail. You will be writing receipts. Not because you are not intelligent, but he wants to prove a point. As I said, you are a spending commodity. Until you understand this in your life that you are a spending commodity, every day you will be confused. Every day you will be anxious. Every day you will not know what to do. You will be crying, God, by me. This is why I said I am teaching my people the Bible. So that the expressions of certain people in the Bible will not become the standard of our living. Some of us, we do things because Solomon married 300 women. I understood that the day David slept with Bathsheba, he could not go to battle again. Read your Bible. But God forgave him. He lost his confidence. He lost his confidence. He could not go for battle again. But the Bible says that he was the light of Israel. David was the light of Israel. Everyone in Israel at his time wanted to be like him. But they had to stop him. So that, oh, I remember the wells at the gate of Bethlehem. I wish that someone would go there and fetch water for me to drink. David could not even go to the gate of Bethlehem to fetch water from the wells. But you know that three mighty men, when they went and they brought the water, they said, no, this is the land. I will offer it as a sacrifice. He, he understood that I have lost something. I can't do things again. As Job was saying, as I was in the days of my youth, when the candle of the Lord was upon my head, and his light was leading me in the darkness, and I was the eyes to the blind, I was the legs to the lame, I was the father to the fatherless, as I was in the days of my youth. Now look at my present state. He has lost something. Grace for grace. Your new birth in Christ is grace. And it is what is going to qualify you. That is what is going to qualify you to assess other graces. You will need grace to assess grace. So we needed to be born again. Because our old birth was by, by, by mistake. 
Your old birth was by a mistake. You know, some are born not of the will of God, but of the will of the flesh. You were not planned. You know, most of us, that is it. That is why we need a new birth. God told Nicodemus, you need to be born again. The way you were born was by a wrong means. So we need to give birth to you again. And found one hospital like any doctor or jail or any midwife or jail or it doesn't matter the, the, the amount. There are some hospitals when you go there to give birth, they are charging five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand. And found one baby are you are coming by a wrong means. That was what Jesus said. He said that there was a man whose name was John. He was not the true light, but he came to bear witness of the light. Then he said, he came to his own, but his own failed to receive him. But as many, as many, as many that received him, even them that believed on his name, to them he gave power to be called the sons of God. These sons of God are not born of the will of man. They are not born of the will of the flesh. They are not born of the will of blood, but they are born of God. Your mom wanted only girls, and he was giving birth to only boys. You are the only girl. It is the will of man. And it's a, it's, it's a wrong birth. You are the only child. It's wrong. But here, we are looking for the sons of God who are not born of the will of man. They are not born of the, of the blood. They are not born of the desires of the flesh, but they are born of God. How are they born of God? Being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible, even by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That is our new birth, being born again. He didn't say that being born again. He said that being born again. Our new birth is in faces. Our born again experience is in faces. Being born again. Being born again. Why? Because as we are being unraveled, grace is given to us to suffer in another form of life. And grace is given so that we also appear in another form of life. And grace is given and we appear in another phase of life. That is why the Bible says something. And uh, there is a crown that is laid for me. And all that love, that love is appearing. As you appear in the face that God has purposed you to appear in, you receive a grace for that face. And you also receive that grace for other graces to assess anything. If you don't have a bachelor degree, you cannot do your master's. If you, you can, if you don't have a master's degree, you cannot do PhD. So you need bachelor degree is grace. And that grace will qualify you to do masters. It's also grace. That grace will also qualify you to do PhD. It's also grace. And as you get your PhD, you can enter into professorship. Grace. So grace for grace. Day in, day out, you will need grace for that marriage. You will need that grace for that job. You will need that grace for your academics. You will need that grace for the ministry. Yesterday's grace is not enough for today's grace. You need grace. So he said that of his fullness, Jesus has become that fullness. Let's be on our feet. Jesus has become that fullness of the glory. He is the prototype. 
The Bible says that he is the prototikos, the firstborn of every creature. He is the prototikos, the firstborn of every creature. He is the pattern that God is looking at. That is why every Toyota Corolla 2017 model that you see, they are the same. Why? Because there is a prototype. There is a recipe for that model. And even if the CEO of Toyota dies right now and they want to produce Toyota Corolla 2017, anyone who takes that thing will be able to produce the exact thing. Anyone who looks at Jesus as the pattern will become like him. It does not matter the circumstances around. It does not matter whether you are you 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 are born an Akrodie or you are coming from Japekrom, or you are coming from Tamale, or you are born in Los Angeles. If you look at the pattern, you become like him. And that is where we enter into the faces of the image and the glory. Grace is what qualifies us to enter into the image and the likeness of his fullness. This morning, even my presence here is grace to you. Yes. Your presence here is the receiving of grace. And if you understand it, day in, day out, day in, day out, you'll be crying that grace, Lord. Your 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 grace, Lord. do you know tongue speaking is grace for us to assess grace you don't know no the last time I was here I talked about it 2021 I remember when you read Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9 can you read it Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9 if you don't speak in tongues here then I want you to desire it you receive it it's a grace to assess Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9 what is there? Oh, you can read it from any translation. For then, thank you, Jesus. For then will I tend to the people a pure language. Listen, I will tend to the people a pure language uh-huh. that they may all call upon the name of the Lord uh-huh. to serve Him with one consent. To serve Him with one consent. I will turn the people into a pure language. The tongue that we speak in, it is hear you. That is the best language to call upon the name of the Lord. 
It was when Enos was born that the people started calling upon the name of the Lord. But in Genesis chapter 11, the Bible says that the languages of the world was confounded. There was a confusion. Babel. So now, your, your effort or your gun that you pride in is not a pure language for prayer. That is why he said that they shall speak with a new tongue. He gives you a pure language to assess. So there are some people that say that it's a pure language to call upon the name of the Lord. And one of the mysteries of tongues is an announcement of Jesus' glorification. That is what the Bible says. As the high priest enters into the Holy of Holies, there is some there are some bells of rings that they will tie around the garment. So that that movement, what about them happening there, the people will be hearing the sound. The Bible says something. Blessed are they that hear the joyful sound. And that was what the, the apostles heard when they were in the upper room. When the Holy Spirit descended like a mighty rushing wind with a sound from heaven that the sacrifice of Jesus has been accepted. And God has accepted all those who will believe in him. And he's going to call them his children. Therefore, let them receive that pure language. And when the fire came upon them, the Bible said that they were speaking with a new tongue. And as they spoke, the people rushed. What is happening here? I'll give them a pure language. I'll give them a pure language. It is not noise that we are making. But it is a pure language to call upon the name of the Lord. And say that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Because for it is by grace that we are saved. So the salvation is the grace that will come unto you. That will take you to the next phase of your life. Issuing that currency. 
You know why Ghana City is nothing? It's because of the authority. Do you know why? The dollar is because of the authority figure. The one who is issuing that currency. So the value of the currency depends on the authority. Your value in this life as a spending commodity depends on the one who has brought you into this world. Now my question to you is this. Do you source your value from your parents, your early parents, or you are sourcing your value from God? What's the question I say? I say grace is God's value placed on you. Because you are expending commodity. People use money to buy drugs. And there are some drugs, they are very expensive. Right now, if they are to do a surgery, maybe fibroid or any surgery, it will be thousands of cities. Right? But I come and I lay my hands. Let this condition melt in the name of Jesus. Think about it. In the name of Jesus, let this heart be restored. It was going to take thousands or even millions of cities in order to operate on the heart. Sometimes even dollars. They have to fly you to India to do organ transplant. But I pray for you. That act is God spending me. So if it was going to cost about $50,000, that act of your healing that you received is my value. So someone might not have a car, may be living in a two-bedroom apartment, yet you have a condition that requires a saving worth about $50,000. But the person prayed for you and you got healed. The value of that person at that time is about $50,000. But this person can do more. So it tells you that when you walk in the grace of God, you become valueless. No, did you get it? How much does chat GPT cost? Do you know chat GPT? Some of you don't know chat GPT. If you know the weight of chat GPT, Okay, how much was Twitter bought? How much? About $44 billion. Ghana, we need $3 billion to restore our economy. Twitter. Someone bought it $44 billion. Chill. 
You see how valueless as a nation we have become. We need men of grace to arise. If Twitter is worth what God billion, and someone, one man, purchased it. Do you know Twitter was an idea in someone's mind? And I tell you that grace, you, you are God's idea. If you will polish yourself well and go through the branding process, when Twitter started, the user interface was not nice. Those who use Facebook in 2008 and 2007, and if you check Facebook right now, you realize that there is a difference in the user interface. The process was not nice. Yet Facebook is a multi-billion platform. If only you allow yourself to go through the process of grace. If only. This one, it does not come by a man of God laying his hands on you. It is you paying the price. If only you can pay the price. I'm telling you, you become valueless. You become valueless. You become valueless. Now our city has become worthless. That we need to change it into other currencies in order to make transactions. You see, I don't want to talk about this. Man has become so valueless. It's not wrong to go to school. But many people are sourcing value out of school. So if you don't have certificates in this our world, now, you cannot become anything. What will be left of you which I don't want to talk about. When you come to Cape Coast, all the Pragya riders, they have this Rasta thing. And it looks like, I'm not against anyone. I'm going to have a way of more. I'm going to have a more. I'm going to It's not supposed to be so. It's not supposed to be so. There are some people because they couldn't go to school. They turn to the ghetto. Because he knew you were saying. It's your only reason you ever know what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, this is the greatest evangelistic message you'll ever receive. When the grace of God comes upon you, value is added to your life. And it does not matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. You will be doing things that will take millions of cities to accomplish that same thing. Without side effect. Because after that surgery, you are going to have some side effects. But just receive the grace of God and you are healed. It will come without any side effects. I'm not here to prophesy. But I'm here to reveal to you who you are. And if you walk in the grace of God.
Malindo govoroko zima na kasata. Shelia kamina no kofibra na shekene kata. Movarande gamanizuma na kato shekete kapa. You see, the man who has sat at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, it means that he sat there even before Jesus was born. And he said that there is no man. You know, the angel will come and stir the waters. But there is no man to help me to enter into the pool so that I will receive my healing. But Jesus asked him just one question. Do you want to be healed? There was no man who was of that great value to heal me. Even no man was there to help me get to the pool. I don't know where he was. But for 38 years, it means he was not 38 years, but he had been there for 38 years. So for instance, let's say that he was 50 years when he went there. For 38 good years, he could not move to the pool. Let me tell you, there are certain things you will not be able to do them if you don't walk by grace. I'm telling you, there are certain things you will never be able to do them if you don't walk in the grace of God. For 38 good years, he could not move from where he was to the pool. You need grace. I'm not against hustling. I'm not against hard work. I'm not against sleepless nights. Trying to earn what money to feed the family, to take care of the family, to buy the car, to build house. But when grace, when grace, when, when a man of God was saying that God said that he has stayed long in his house, so he should prepare to leave that place. You, you are, you are trying to work to build your three-bedroom house, and that will be the end. You think that you have arrived because of a three-bedroom house. A man of God is being told, what's in a heart check? I'm taking you from grace, another grace. I'm taking you to another grace. From glory to glory. But when we in a three bedrooms, we can see, we say, where we? When I heard it, I said, ah, are we all the children, are we all children of God? Yes, 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 Now, what's your three bedrooms? I are here. open the empty. When your car train is open the empty. And until I went to my car, angel. Hey, mommy. Oh, Jesus. The anti grace I said. That is the reason why people cannot give to support God's kingdom, to advance the kingdom. Because you don't understand grace. You think that you work with your hand, hard work, you hustle to get this money. And I should give this money to a man of God. You see that my mentality of people. That is how cheap and worthless they are. You know, when people are speaking, measure their weight and their value by their weight. I work with professors and doctors. But I weigh them by their words and I know that these men, they have no value. They have no value. 
no value by the way they talk. I might not pray for anyone, but I want you to go with this message of His grace. I couldn't preach the message that I wanted to preach when we were having our grace conference. That the, 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 I wanted to make them understand the enterprise of His grace. Let's read our last verse. Ephesians chapter 2 from the verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. And we read some practical for 20 minutes. Yeah. For by grace uh-huh. are ye saved through faith, uh-huh. and that not of yourselves, uh-huh. it is the gift of God. Verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boost. Okay. For we are his workmanship. Go to the verse 7. What I want, go to verse 7. Verse 7. Yeah. That in the ages to come. Read the verse 6 and the verse 7. Verse 6. Yeah. And he had raised us up together. Uh-huh. And made us sit together mm-hmm. in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, there was seven. That in the ages to come. That in the ages to come. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. He must show us the exceeding riches of his grace. In his In the ages to come. We are in an age. We are in an age. And this age that we are in. Satan is the god of this age. When you read the Bible, you say that the world, the Bible calls it the world. So we talk about the, the end of the world. When we speak of the end of the world, what it means is the end of an age. When we say an age, it means a period within time. For instance, when you go to the university, that four years that you spend there is an age in your life. Do you get it? That four years you spend in SHS is an age in your life. So the Bible said that, that in the ages to come, what it means is that you are in, in a different age, you'll be moving from age to age. And that age is not your 25 years. Because if God is ageless and you are his child, then you are also ageless. So in the ages to come, the same way you went to JHS, it was an age in your life. When you wrote BEC, that age came to an end. That world came to an end. That is why anytime you have dreams and see yourself in a JHS, you become worried. Because they told you that anytime you have such such dreams, it means that you are going back in life. Why? That age has ended. SHS was also an age. Your married life is an age. When you give birth to... So you can have ages within your years. Parenting is an age. When your children, they grow and they leave the house, it's also, it becomes an age. We call it an empty nest. So he said that in the ages to come, continue. 
Read the verse 6 and the verse 7 again. I want you to, you know, read it. And he had raised us up together. He has raised us together. And made us sit together and in heavenly places, places in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Verse, seven. verse 7. That in the ages to come. In the, age, in, the, in the subsequent periods of our lives, even as we are raised together with him, even as we are born again, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness. In his kindness. Towards us. Towards us. Through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. In the ages to come. He didn't say in the age. The reason why you have eternal life is because of this scripture. Eternal life is in faces. Let's have a Let me go. What I see is a hand in the room. A big hand. I cannot see the other part of the hand. So I see it from the wrist, then to the fingers. I see a big hand in the room. Mahaziko Shedebe And the hand of God is a spirit. The hand of God is his spirit. I see grace. I see grace. I see grace. I see grace. Thank you, Jesus. A confirmation. 
I see a family in the form of a covenant. Under a covenant. And this covenant has become a limitation. But as I see the blood, the same blood that I saw, I see blood dripping. And the Lord is telling me that every covenant of darkness, He is breaking them. He is breaking them. He is breaking them. He is setting His people free. He is establishing a new covenant with His people. Thank you, Jesus. See something breaking. Breaking.
let it break. Let it break. Let it break. Let it break. I see grace. 